Amen, amen, amen. This is Pastor Jay with another broadcast of Anointed Radio, y'all. And we're going to start off in decency and, or- and order. And I don't know where I wanted to go. Let's see. Amen. So we're going to come out of 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For it says, for we live by faith, not by sight. That is a powerful scripture because that's not leaning to your own understanding, which comes out of Proverbs, which is very famous. And if you didn't know, go read Proverbs. I mean, read the whole book because I'm not going to tell you. And I want you to kind of see that there's going to be a lot of scary, dark times that you're going to really have to lean on your faith. There's going to be a lot of things that's going to be confusing, that's going to be kind of scary, that you're going to be like, I don't know about it. So let me just go ahead and trust God. So... I just say to you, trust God. Don't trust by the things that you think or what you think you see. Because sometimes what you think you see could be deceiving. So, dear Father, let's, God, thank you for bringing us into the studio today. Thank you for all the things that you're doing in our lives. Continue to bless us. Continue to be in our lives. Thank you for the doors that were closed. Thank you for the doors that were open. God, thank you for the lesson that you were teaching us, God. Continue to help us, bless us, show up and show out, God. Encourage us and empower us. Touch every listener. Touch everybody that's under the sound of my voice. Let them be able to see you clearly. Be able to hear something today that they be able to take away and share about Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for all the things that you've blessed us with coming into the midweek. And God, just continue to comfort us and be the 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 strength, the man, the the I am, the Alpha and Omega. The you don't when you don't even know what to say, you're every word to be able to help us get to the next level. And God, we just thank you for that. We say that all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 See, my Baptist side every so time. Baptist. I know. <laughs> it just be popping out when I be like, <laughs> It was funny. My first uh, church, I think it was St. Luke in Richmond, California. And they used to sing that all the time. You got to have that old, old, old Baptist, Baptist voice. Same. Raspy. Too. King Solomon, missionary Baptist <laughs> church. Same. And then, you know, it's crazy. I don't think I ever told anybody this. So my grandma on my mom's side was Baptist. And then my grandma on my dad's side, she was Amy. So I had to know the docology. And... So I would mix up churches sometimes. (laughs) I don't know. That memory just came in my head. That's funny. So this Pastor Jalen, like always, I have something to say. You can follow me at Anointed Jalon. Again, it's Anointed Jalon on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can find me on Facebook at Pastor Jalon, J-A-Y-L-O-N. And go go download my single. Jesus, you make me happy. Amen. Amen. Jesus makes me happy. Does he make you? Oh, yes. I love God. (laughs) You love God. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Amen. So, um, yeah, that's me. And we have in the building, my co-host is here. But shout-outs to Dr. Marvinetta Clay. She had to teach Bible study. I understand that. Take care of home first. You got to take care of that first. Take care of home first. But we have my co-host. And we have the Honorable Bishop Ronald 
Thomas. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with yeah, you yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I thought some claps and some snaps <laughs> would go with that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's me. I'm Chris Johnston. You can find me at St. Chris Day on all social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram. You can check out my website, stchrisday.com. That's where you can find me. Bishop, you got anything? Not yet. All right. You yep. ask me a question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, Chris, what we have coming up soon in, in the Valley? So, Friday we have the John P. Key concert coming up. It starts at 7 o'clock at Mountaintop. So, make sure you're there. I know there's a something else coming up. Um, I have a conference coming up. Conference, yep. November 1st and 2nd at TCMI. And yeah. I know there's an artist showcase coming up. Artist Showcase at God's House, um, September 28th. Um, Apostle Gurley and Apostle Howard is leading that. It's going to be on Hulu, Roku, Now Network, um, Ghetto Network, all them networks. Two million viewers. It's going to be great. If you are independent artists, reach out to LVAnointedRadio at gmail.com. We are one of their media outlets and are sending Las Vegas talent. Come on, Las Vegas. We need to show that we have talent, y'all. Hello, hello, somebody. Hello. Oh, yeah, we have um, Aftershock coming up. That's what I was going to say. We're allowing yeah. yeah. Aftershock will be the 20th, 20th, I think something like that. It's at the end of the month, at RAM. At our ministry, we're allowing yes. a young minister, Trinity Payton, to host that event at our church, you know, coming up on this month as well. So looking forward to a great time with Aftershock. Amen, Bishop. See, I knew you was going to say something. See? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and did we say go follow Dr. Clay? Go follow Dr. Clay at Clay Marvinetta, like Marvin Gaye and Etta James. Go follow her, and she's singing with John P. Key. Yes. And Bishop's son. Josiah Thomas be singing, opening up that uh, event on, on this coming Friday. And he had a, 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 actually a great... Um, CD release at Ram, which Absolutely. was 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 great with Jabari Johnson and Arnessa. See, I remembered that. I didn't <laughs> think I remembered, but I remembered that. So, um, yeah, definitely. If you are in the Valley, come this Friday at Mountain Top. Yeah, what time it start? Seven. Seven, not eight, not seven thirty. Seven. And it's free, so get there early so you can get the seats you want. That's right. Right. Free. Man, I got something. Man, don't get me started. It's free, y'all. Y'all better be out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> it doesn't make no sense for you not to be in the house, and it's free. Not many things is free, so go out there and support the ministry. So, um, what, what I was going to say? I don't think I was going to say nothing else. Let's go into the mix, y'all. I don't know what I want to start off today. I think I'm going to start off with an independent artist. Let's see, what independent artist would I like to see? Oh, yeah, Andrew Potts, I believe, coming out of New Jersey, y'all. Check it out. Strong. 
I'm trusting in your holy word. So today I say I believe. Receive all the things that God has for you. 
Come on, if you really believe, just look up towards heaven. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I believe. Come on, do you believe there's nothing impossible for our God to do?
Of our sons and daughters, some 
says, I'll be committed to you. I'll never leave you. Nothing in this world could make me walk away. No matter what life may bring, I'll be by your side. No matter what you face, you won't be
Amen. We are back, y'all. We're about to start into our interview. We got Bishop Thomas here, the lead pastor of Ram Church here in Las Vegas. And my famous Pastor Jay icebreaker question. Man, I've been thinking about this one too. So, what's your favorite baseball team? My favorite baseball team is the New York Yankees. New York Yankees? Yes, sir. Born and raised in Harlem, New York uh -oh. City, so I'm a Yankee fan. You from Harlem? Yes, sir. Okay. New York City? All right, okay. <laughs> so, and y'all have a lot of teams like the Bay Area, too, because y'all have New York Yankees. And the Mets. And the Mets. Well, we have the Giants and the A's. Right. And if you're a, a true Bay Area person, you're an A's fan. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. I know you did. I just want I want everybody to know that's watching this right now. Chris's face explains it all. He must be a Giants fan. I am. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everything else Oakland. Just not baseball. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. But we're gonna pray for you. Hey man, so Bishop, yes sir. Can you first tell us a little bit? You already told us, you know, you're from Harlem. So um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and what got you into ministry. Uh, coming from Harlem, New York City, my mother brought me out to Las Vegas to get us out of the city. Uh, seemed like I, when it was hot here, she took me to New York and when it was cold there, we left New York and came back to Vegas until we finally got settled. Um, went to middle school, high school out here. Um, and it was in my formative years in high school I uh, wasn't raised in the church, uh, began to smoke weed and, you know, do all the things that we do as young people. Normal teenager. Be promiscuous and all that. And if the truth be told, it was on my 16th birthday when my girlfriend told me that she was pregnant and I was really trying to find God then, you know. Um, That's a really, that is a coming to Jesus moment right absolutely, there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and one to say that, that's why we as Christians and believers, we need to make sure that we're always witnessing, that we're always talking about Christ to somebody. And it seems like there's only certain organizations and religions that tend to witness going door to door. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why this outlet is so very important. The social media outlet, being able to spread the gospel, because you never know at what time in a person's life they happen to be listening. Somebody could be listening to us right now that is drunk, that is smoking some weed or hanging out with some friends and would hear this information and it might be the you know precipice to them getting you know converted meeting somebody else along the way and it was during my teenage years when i was smoking reefer minding my business on a saturday a joe witness knocked on my door and asked me a question that has me uh even to this day as a minister of the gospel been elevated to pastor and suffragan bishop and organizations, but it still has me intrigued to want to know more about Christ. And that was simply, do you know God's name? Mm. And, um, you know, being raised, not like I say, not going to church in Las Vegas, but having religious background, grandmothers, you know, Shiloh, Missionary Baptist, St. John, <laughs> Missionary Baptist, great-grandmothers, you know, Church of God in Christ and all mm -hmm. that. But uh, in Las Vegas, didn't have any real church home. And uh, I was intrigued because I told him, yeah, his name is, you know, Jesus. They were like, no, that's God's son. And I said, well, his name is Lord. They said, no, that's a title. Mm. And so my attitude was like, well, you're blowing my high right now. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, were talking, they gave me a scripture, Psalms 83:18, and 
and they told me, you know, read that, and we'll come back in some other time. So I closed the door and was getting ready to do my own thing, and I had a premonition come over me and say, you still don't know my name. Mm -hmm. And I read that scripture, and it says that you might know that he who's most high over heaven and earth name is Jehovah. And I had that epiphany, and like you say, coming to Jesus moment. And I've been intrigued, and I've been, you know, trying to find him and uh, serve him ever since then. You know, so as a young boy, it's, it's my teenage years. Amen. You know, it's, it's crazy when you think about that experience. I think everybody has their own unique experience when they were introduced to God. You know, because it's funny that you said about Jehovah's Witness, because I was, I think I was going to school, I was in middle school, and I would get on BART and bus from Richmond mm -hmm. to East Oakland to go to a Christian school called uh, Remka, Raymond Edward Mack Christian Academy. And I was in. Oh, you the, went there. Yes, I did. Graduated. <laughs> graduated, y'all. You know a little bit about that. Uh huh. <laughs> graduated 2004. All right. You went to Raymax School. Yeah, <laughs> in East Oakland, down the street from the Coliseum. Right. And it was funny because when I was going to um, when I was going to school, I would get on Barton bus, and when I was sitting there, a Jehovah Witness person spoke to me every day, and at that time. I was going to a Christian school, didn't know the word. I was going to a Christian school. I was going through the motions like most young people do. Correct. They go through the motions, they hear it, they might feel a little, you know, a little juice because the energy is high, the music's playing good. They see it as a concert, they don't see it as experience. Right. And the Jehovah Witness lady was telling me, you know, I gotta get right. Mm. And then, cause I, all right, so I thought I was getting tortured. So every time I sat for, wait for the bus, she was sitting there with you know with that whole little tray with the little with the tracks. Uh -huh. She was always there, and because she was older, you know, my grandmother always taught me respect, you respect your elders. So I'm sitting there, I'm listening to her. I don't want to hear it, but I'm listening to her. And I remember she was saying, um, "If you died today, where would you go?" That got me. Like I mean, that was like the fertilizing of the ground. That wasn't the day that I, I found salvation, but it was the day that made me start thinking like. If I died, where would I go? Because we had arguments about that 144,000 people right. that they was like, um, I'm like, 144,000 people. I'm, I know history a little bit. Isn't that already taken already? Yeah, well, that's I'm, what made me, uh, matter of fact, it has me the person that I am today as a gospel preacher, um, as an apostolic faith, not by denomination, minister when we preach the gospel, making sure that we teach truths and you have to be learned. I have to be studious, and it was through that that I began to take pride in wanting to know more about God, uh, not just taking any f uh, man's philosophy about it, but searching it out for myself. And from a teenager even to this day, um, we just have to make sure that we can be wrong at a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but we can't be wrong at God. Right. We got one shot at that. You know, and that goes into being in decency and order. Absolutely. And I think that, I, I say that as a constant reminder to myself. Um, the great Bishop M.T. Thompson over Mount Zion, Berkeley, California, used to say that all the time when he taught his Bible study, and I never understood. And he was like, it's a reminder to show you that when it comes to God, that's what it should be, in decency and in order. Mm -hmm. yes, if it is not in decency and in order, it ain't about it's God. And I was like, wow. And it's true because I think a lot of times we go through the motions and we don't read the word for ourselves. That's what happened that's with, you know, another famous situation in the Bay Area with Jim Jones, where right. where people didn't read the word. People, you know, and I remember as a kid, 
you know, going to Rimka, Bishop uh, Bishop Mack always told me, I don't care who preaching, read that word for, for yourself, yourself, boy. Absolutely. And I, I was like, okay. That was, I thought it was for me to be able to challenge anybody. I, I was like, for real? I can read it for myself? So if you wrong, you know I'm going to say it, right? Yeah, yeah, right? And it was funny because that was how it intrigued me to read the word on my own. Mm -hmm. And you'll start realizing that a lot of people, like um, like I've heard, read for information, but don't read for transformation. Mm -hmm. Or to read to know the prefix of what's happening in that time. Right. If you don't like history, then it's going to be hard for you to read the, read the Word. What I've found as a pastor over the years is that people don't really read to gain insight. They read to support what they already believe. Mm. To justify. Absolutely. Okay. You know, and so when a person becomes open to learn, and like you said earlier, not just a learning and to gain knowledge, but to learn to be transformed. And one of the best ways to really understand God is to have the experiences with the scriptures that we read. And the only way to do that is to apply them to your life. Right. So when you're reading the Word of God, it's not just how many scriptures you can quote, but it's how many can you live. Man. How many can you experience. Because there's a lot of people that could quote, but they're not Christians. See, At people all. have to realize that. I learned that evangelizing. When I, I went out evangelizing, I was reading the word. You know, I'm just getting my little scriptures out and stuff. And I went to a house. And he, this guy knew the Bible back and forth mm -hmm. and challenged me. And, you know, as me, I froze up. There's a lot of Christian seasoned Christians that because they're not rooted in the word, you'll freeze up. Absolutely. And that's why people, going back to what you say, scared to evangelize and go out constantly because it will show the lack of knowing the word. We're currently right now doing a series in the book of Acts, and that's a very powerful book. And what I've learned is that the person that's not afraid to witness, that's not ashamed to testify, is not the person that is learned, because pride gets in the way when it comes to learning. Ain't that the truth. But the person that witnesses is the one that has the experiences, mm -hmm. because that's what I'm doing. I'm witnessing. I'm telling you the experiences that I've had, and you can't make me doubt that. Right. right. You can't make me doubt the fact that I've got the Spirit of God, that I've been healed by His power, that He's blessed me, that He's opened doors and made ways for me. And when a person has those experiences with God, that's the thing that causes the power of the gospel to be proclaimed. Mm. It's the person that tries to just study and read and memorize scriptures that'll be intimidated to witness because they don't want to forget they want to be sure that they're right about things. Right. But when a person has the experiences, they know you, you can't you can't doubt experience. And I think that's one key thing in evangelizing. When you look at when you go there, someone will be touched more by your story than you trying to cram scripture right. down your throat. Because I think that's what brought me to Christ mm. is that somebody was able to relate on my level. You know, able to, for me to understand. Because a lot of times, if you go in there and quote scriptures, especially somebody that don't know the word. They, they turned off anyway. They're like, what? Okay, you done? <laughs> like, you know, And but if you think about somebody, come relate, you know, I've been in the streets. You know, mm -hmm. I did do drugs. I did do this. And tell your testimony, because that's why I learned that's where the power is. Mm -hmm. And telling your testimony, because now people could be relate. Like, you? Correct. Because that's what I used to look at. When I saw a pastor, I was like, Pastor, you smoked? What? Pastor, you drank? And then it made me, as a teenager, which is powerful. That's why I believe in talking and being transparent with the youth nowadays. That's what gives my passion as being a youth pastor today. Is that you have to show that you 
been through something. Because a lot of people, I'll give you, you know, out of my own personal ignorancy, when I thought people was in church, I thought they didn't do nothing. I didn't mm -hmm. think they had watched nothing. I remember when to pass the house, he was watching white chicks. I said, you go watch that. <laughs> 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 right, right. Well, as you notice, that's why one of the first things I stated when I started this broadcast was where I come from. Right. You know, that's the transparency that was missing a few generations ago. Mm -hmm. Individuals that were in leadership areas, such as pastors and bishops or whatever, they didn't want to allow individuals to know that they were human, mm -hmm. in other words. Uh, that whole persona of being holy, you know, they tried to make it seem like uh, <coughs> there was a distance between them and the people. Right. And this generation, we need to make sure that we explain that we're no different from you. We just have a calling on our life. Right. We have experiences that you can have too if you choose to obey, if you choose to read, if you choose to, you know, serve God. You can have the same experiences. You can have the same life-changing impacts that people that profess Christianity has. And that's what Christians need to see. It's what Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and anyone, it's what the world needs to see. People who have their lives uh, changed and transformed, not just by the Word of God, but by the Spirit of God. Mm. They're both the same. Yes. You know, but it's the Spirit of God that gets inside of you that makes you want to learn the Word. Mm -hmm. You know, most people don't know the Word of God. You know, but if you have the Spirit of God, it's the thing that reveals all truth unto you. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that won't allow you to be deceived when you're trying to read. Right, the right. Word of God. So it's a lot of people reading, but if they don't understand the spirit of the Word and how the Holy Ghost, they're coming to their own understanding, which is a wrong, you know, understanding for them to have. See, you know, because I, I, I don't know where I learned this, but it came to my remembrance right now. I was talking to um, some, I think, other ministers about how I don't like being on the um, platform. Platform, mm -hmm. because when I was a kid, that that intimidated me. And because I always was like, okay, you lifted up there, so there's I'm giving you this respect and all this stuff. So obviously you have no wrongs. And when I was when I started getting into ministry, because ministry will show you. It's ministry and knowing God is two different things. Okay? <laughs> That's like politics and, and knowing the law. Okay. So knowing the law and politics is two different things. They they coincide sometimes, but they're not always the same thing. And when I learned about it, I always told people I, I don't like speaking from a platform. And uh, I learned the history of a platform because if you think about back in the day when, when Jesus was preaching, there'll be a multitude. So if you eye level with everybody, I mean, some, some people in the can't back see. can't see you. So when they would, they would make a platform so it could be high so everybody can see and be able to know who's speaking, mm -hmm. right? But I think that got, like you said, you know, pride where it's like, you know, don't sit on my platform. I've been to some churches where it's that like that. It was, you know, like us growing up, it was like that. Yes, you couldn't even enter that area. You couldn't even go if there. You wasn't a minister. If you wasn't a minister, you can't touch, you can't see, you can't look, you can't stiff, you can't even bring no water to pass if you ain't even certified. Matter of fact, they had to, like my mom was an usher, so she had to walk around into the choir stand to bring them water. So right, they would not let her walk up. And, and 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 I think what I learned over the years, you know, especially being seeing different ministries and seeing different um, people in ministry. Because I always thought everybody was the same. I think that's a very ignorant way of us learning about church culture. Is that we think, oh, they all the same way. Until you start really meeting the true bona fide. You be like, man. And then you start knowing the truth for yourself. And then you sit there and be like, okay, now that I know the truth, I can't 
be like everybody else because if you think everybody's the same it's easy to convert and do the same wrongs that they are doing right and you know the word tells us to the pure all things are pure and so it's a little bit of naivete you know because sometimes we choose to believe the best about people mm -hmm. or we're a little cynical and we choose to believe the worst about everybody and true people stereotypically but the, the challenge is when you have somebody that is naive, that wants to believe the best, or when God is working a work in your personal life and you choose to have this experience with God, now you're believing the best about everybody. The sad part is when you come to find out that people that are supposed to be, you know, anointed and gifted and walking upright and holy, when they betray your trust and your confidence, uh -oh. and they're, to start not, preaching. <laughs> they're not that uh, man or woman of God that, that their title they're... that their title professes them to be that you assume that, them to be absolutely mm -hmm. that they should be based on who they say they are right, right. and you know um, I think that's very important to look at that because that's where the church hurt come from correct because a lot if you know everybody gonna be like I don't, I don't care about the pastor no a lot of times your mentor Whoever that mentor was, it doesn't always have to be the pastor. Mm -hmm. the, it could be a, a mother of the church. It could be a usher. It could be a singer. It could be, it could have been the pastor, the bishop, or whoever who brought you into the church that made you feel like I'm learning something. I have a support system, especially because in our community mm -hmm. where there's so many broken homes mm -hmm. and people are looking for guidance, when you come to church, you're looking for a mentorship. Correct. Where right. it's mentorship where you're like, I'm doing wrong. Don't judge me. Help me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing wrong. I need a guidance to do the right thing, not you guiding me to do the same thing that somebody <laughs> on the streets would tell me to do because that's what I think nowadays with social media compared to when I was younger, people are now able to express and find out, oh, you think that same way too? Well, let's stop going to church. Because now there's a collective. There's a collective of like, oh, I was hurt and this was my experience. I was hurt and this was my experience. And they're starting to see, oh, it's the same thing. Instead of seeing that you should see God, not no man. Because despite of what you go through, people are going to mess up. I tell people all the time, Pastor Jay going to mess up. Yeah. Regardless, you know, I might have an attitude new. You know, God's still working on me, all right? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, people have flaws, and we all know that. No one is perfect. The only person, perfect, perfect person was Jesus. You know, the book of Corinthians tells us about 11 chapter, says there must needs be heresies in the church that they that are approved might be made manifest. And so there's going to be challenges in any family. There's going to be conflict in any organization, and just the human element causes there to be conflict and problems. But most of the time, the wrong is when we judge the church based on the wrong that's in the church right. as opposed to judging the church by the holiness and the sanctity and the virtue and the power that's in the church. He's preaching. Why do people always talk about the church in the negative because of the bad that's in the church as opposed to understanding the good that the church represents? And so the time, the only time that really happens is when we want to make allowances and excuses for mm -hmm. our own behaviors. There's still power in the church. There's still power in, in God's kingdom on the planet. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to represent Amen. That, that particular, you know, posture as it pertains to men and women of God being able to walk and reconcile men back to and this holy God that we all going to have to give an account to one day. Amen. Amen. 
Because I, I, de I definitely believe that if you have a personal relationship with God, mm -hmm. despite of the drama and the stuff that's happening, you should still be able to love. Mm -hmm. You still should be able to sit there. You know, people might not like what you say today, mm -hmm. but you planted the seed. Right. Because everything you say that God tells you to go say mm -hmm. is not going to be nice. Okay. It ain't going to be about money. It ain't going to be about you going to the next level. It might be saying you need to stop fornicating. You need to stop treating people wrong. You need to stop being two-way and double-minded. Mm -hmm. It might be that, you know, get from under them. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be something that makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But un when you're uncomfortable, it causes growth. Definitely. Well, you know, the, the thing that we're dealing with once again now in, in this book of Acts is spirituality. And the book of Acts is known as Acts of the Apostles, when really it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit, how the Spirit moved in these men and caused them to perform and be able to transform the world, change the world upside down, change the whole dynamics of what we understand religion to be. In the process of this, though, because of the rejection of mm. Christ and because of the rejection of this power and the spiritual movement, unfortunately, we have what we see today, all the fractions of denominations. But Christ didn't die on the cross and suffer all the, the suffering and then lay in a grave three days and three nights to rise to make us Christians. Right. He did that for us to be sons of God. Right. And that's the message of the gospel. You know, he came into his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, he gave them to become sons of God. And that's what we need on the planet today. That's what your listening audience needs to hear. Somebody moving in a virtue that can bring back that holiness and that power, that everything, not just dunamis, but that exousia, that we walk in the spiritual authority on the planet that when we speak, you know, God backs up what we say. Say it. You know, and I, I always love the scripture in 1 John. I think that one, if if you're listening and you've never read 1 John, 1 John got some gems in there yes. that will stick with you. And one thing that I think when it comes down to church culture mm -hmm. and what, what he'll coach uh, the church culture is knowing that scripture in 1 John where it says, how can you love a God you can't see? see. And, hate, and hate your brother that you do see. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know love, you don't know God. Mm -hmm. And see, a lot of times we over, we think love me like, oh, I like you today. Mm -hmm. No, love is something that sticks with you when you're ugly. Because some, <laughs> you got to think about it. I, I, you know, I'm telling a little bit. I'm telling a little bit about my family and stuff. But I remember I've watched a family member withdraw from drugs. Okay. And watching my grandmother be there after you know, the struggles mm -hmm. that the, the person that's withdrawn, if you've never seen somebody withdrawing from drugs, it's 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 rough. So, I mean, yeah, just it's, imagine it's it. almost can cost them their life. Correct. And, mm -hmm. you know, this person that could be your son, your nephew, mm -hmm. your, your your father, your mother, is not that person in that, in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, all they think about is the pain and what they're going through. And if you don't love that person, you're going to walk away. Mm -hmm. But love is being there in the most ugliest times. And never letting go of that hand mm -hmm. where when that person comes out, you're still holding the hand. Mm -hmm. Now let me let me just make a little shift and say because that's good because that's the position that God has pastors in. 
and I want to give a little shout out to any pastor that might be listening to the broadcast because every other dynamic of the Ascension Gift Ministries has the ability to move and go, but it's the pastor that has that responsibility of walking that person through from that guttermost to the uttermost experiences in their life. Amen. It's that pastor that has the ability to know all of the dirt about you and should not be sharing your business Say it. or preaching it over the pulpit, <laughs> but should be <laughs> teaching you how to come out of that, right? you know, and, and pulling you from that pulpit, pulling you from that pit, you know, of despair. And so every pastor that has that burden, and that's why they're attacked. So that's why the pastor's wife is attacked and the pastor's family is attacked because that's an awesome responsibility, like you said, to love somebody in spite of what you know about them. Right. Knowing that people are going to malign your character, People are going to try to scrutinize your behavior to make allowances and excuses for their wrong, mm -hmm. but you still have to be able to love them and not behave like them because our responsibility is to elevate them in the spirit of their mind. Um, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he told him that in Timothy. He says, a servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle, apt to teach. You know. Then he begins to say, you know, because there's going to be something that happens. You know, peradventure God would grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's how the pastor conducts himself with that individual that still might be smoking weed. And in Las Vegas, it's legal now. So the whole edible things. And so the whole youth, young culture. So the pastor has to be able to know faults and flaws from the LGBT community, whatever that person might be going through. Right. The gang banging, you know, the, the young girl that's dancing in the nightclub who, you know, told her mom, okay, you don't have to send the college money now. I got this, mm -hmm. you know, because dad is struggling. You, uh, you know, don't worry about it. And, you know, she thought it was only going to be for a couple of years, and I mentioned that in my book, you know, but now she's been doing it for the last 10 years and has a three-year-old, right. you know, and so how am I going to get out the game, you know, when this was only supposed to be for a semester, you know, so the pastor has to be able to know those things about somebody and see what God sees in them not what they're doing currently and speak to that purpose in their life and not just to the pain and their hurt. We've got too many ministers ministering to just the hurts and the pains and right. the misfortunes and the problems of people and not speaking to their destiny and to their future. And so that's what this broadcast is about, speaking to the purpose and the destiny with God has given unto each one of us. Mm. I believe the text tells us that it's God that saved us, called us for the holy calling not according to any works that we have done, but according to his purpose and grace that was in Christ Jesus. So you have a wonderful opportunity Amen. here at what you're doing to speak to the destiny and the future of people and not just placate and patronize them because of their present struggle. Amen. Right. So about your book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into that. Right? Because I, I, I can sit here and get the word all day. I'm right. just saying. That's why I said, I'm just listening. And I get this all the time. So I just sit and be like, let me just listen. Everyone so on Facebook is being blessed right now. Just let, let y'all know that. So um, about your book. Sure. What, it, what, what, it, what, it, what it, I guess you could say influenced you to do your book? Well, you know, in, in, when you're going through learning, you know, there's a dissertation that you have to do to get you know, certain degrees, and so it became a doctrinal dissertation. We were writing it about Moses, and I didn't want it to just be some 
you know, um, um, book of just philosophy or, you know, we had to study to, to do this. And then in the process of it, it was going to be Moses, the first apostle. Mm. And so, you know, not to get with dispensational truths and to have the conflicts about it, we said, well, we'll give it a catchy name to make it intriguing. But the whole premise about the book was Moses and how he's the prototypical apostle and what apostleship should mean and what apostolic ministry should mean. If a person has any ministry, whether you are whatever your denomination or organization or religious background is, the only way we have that we should be called by God. God should have called us. And so Moses becomes the first person that God ever called to speak on his behalf. Mm -hmm. He becomes the prototype. And even Jesus says, you know, that, you know, the, uh, in, in uh, Corinthians it talks about the profession of our faith, you know, the apostle and the, the chief apostle of our faith was faithful in his house as was Moses. And so Moses becomes the foundation for anyone that's a minister or a pastor because in order to be called to speak on God's behalf, he told Moses, go and tell Pharaoh. I said, let my people go. He's like, well, who are you? I don't even know you that way. Mm -hmm. you know, then he says, well, what if they don't believe me? You know, then, so God had to empower him. So when you have ministry, you're called by God, you're empowered, and then lastly, you're sent. And it took a moment before he was actually sent to go and do it. Right. He told Moses, okay, them that sought your life are dead, now you can go. See me? So God has to position us. And so the title of the book is now called Life's Interruptions. You know, so we're giving the story and the details to help somebody to understand that, you know, um, if you have ministry, it's not just to make you rich. It's not just to make you popular. It's not just to make you, you know, have 5,000 Facebook friends or you know, 30,000 members in a local congregation, it is for you to help somebody else get free. Right. In a nutshell. And so that's the premise of the book, Life's Interruptions. Somebody might be going through some things right now and feeling like their life has been interrupted. It could be a synonym for that word interruption, as we say in our book, and it could be intervention. Mm. It could be God's will for your life. And it's not the devil messing with you. It's God pulling you out of a situation so that somebody else's life can be better than helped. Amen. So, with your book, is there a sequel coming? Um, there's others, not a sequel. Um, there's a few others that we have in the pipeline. Should have been out already. Um, one is um, what the church never told me about sex. Mm. And the other one is... Uh, that's going to be a deep topic right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, given the, the, the climate of millennials nowadays and uh, the whole sexual gender issues that we have in our, in our world and how the church is silent on sexual issues, the truth be told, the main reason why young people are not saved in the church is because they have sexual desires that nobody in the church really wants to talk about. Well, if you, if you, truth be told... Regular, just, <laughs> just regular, regular even, church old church folk too. Because I, I can tell you right now, yeah. I didn't hear about anything as a teenager right. coming up in church no, about you know, sexual anything. It's taboo. Only thing that I remember a, a preacher got sat down because he was talking. Now I look back, that's crazy. He got sat down because he was telling the young people 
he kind of foresaw what was happening about sexual deviancy. Mm-hmm. And he got sat down because he's like, why y'all? Because why? I remember they was like, why are you always talking about sex? Yeah. And it's like, if we're not preparing our, our young people, because I remember as a youth, they said, you know, did you know that when you lay with a, a partner and have um, intercourse that you're given a piece of your spirit with mm-hmm. them? And, and how deep that is? Well, individuals don't really understand the whole, what they call in the world, soul ties. Ooh, we Jesus. The text of the scripture says, you know, when we do that, we become one with, you know, and, mm-hmm. it, and, it, and it tells us in Corinthians, you don't want to become one with a harlot and all that kind of stuff. But we don't understand the implications in God's economy, sexual communication, being intimate, you know, is a marriage bond and a marriage union. They even acknowledge that in our American courts of law. Right. You can stand up before a preacher or the justice of the peace, say, I do in front of all your family and friends, but if you never go home and have a sexual you know, intimacy, you haven't consummated that marriage, you're mm-hmm. not married. you know. And so most people don't know what marriage is and what holy matrimony is all about. Right. And so I'm a you know, fairly young preacher. I've got you know, a, a church full of millennials and my, <laughs> my children, so I try to be relevant. You know, there's a there's a um, uh, theologian who wrote a book. His name is Paul Tillett, and it's the relevance and irrelevance of the gospel. And so we can't just preach about a blonde, blue-eyed Jesus or a black, dreadlock, Rastafarian Jesus. We've got to preach, you know, a holy Christ. You know what I mean? We've got to preach God manifested in the flesh. Right. That's what we have to preach. And the power that lies in that and help young people, young and old, have the experience with that person that hung and died to set us free. You know, we can't be fooled by Western philosophical Christianity that was meant to keep, you know, an, an enslaved people subservient. And we can't get all Afrocentric, you know, and preach the the Christ, you know, and say that, you know, it's cool for us to just smoke weed and, you know, and do our thing. We've got to be... It's crazy you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm just being real, man. Because, you know... I'm glad you have me on your show. You know, you know being real with this. that, because I always looked at that. Um, I grew up Creole. I am Creole. I, I guess you could say. <laughs> I grew up Creole. But I grew up Creole because I have family members that did not pr- practice Christianity. They practiced actually African voodoo. And mm-hmm. I would sit there and I would look at that. And I'm like, people be sitting here. I'm Afrocentric. And you don't know what demon you messing with talking about. Yeah, this is from Africa. And one thing that got me that a lot of people have to start realizing. Because I always, even as when I was younger, I was atheist. I didn't believe nothing. I was like, y'all can be quiet. And what got me was when you say Jesus, how people act. You know, if, if Jesus wasn't so powerful, if Jesus wasn't a, a name of power and authority, um, why are you tripping about it? Yeah, the right. impact that it does. I, right. People could say Mahaj, uh, uh, Muhammad. They could say uh, Confucius. They could say Buddha. And nobody gets nothing, offended. Nothing. Nobody. But you say Jesus. Mm-hmm. Everybody tries to shut that down. They try to get the... When you say Jesus Christ, they try to shut that down. Mm-hmm. There was a power that made me as this young person think, okay, there's, there's, there's somebody trying to suppress a power mm-hmm. in this man named Jesus. And that's... And, I don't mean to interrupt, but that's, oh, yeah, no that's the thing that, like I said, from the time that I was that young teenager, inquisitive, smoking weed to this day, I'm still inquisitive concerning 
why he chose me Ooh, and what my responsibility is to tell, you know, a nation. Right. Not just an organization, but a nation. I make sure that I'm not just a pastor to my church, but I, I'm called to be a pastor to the nations and to anyone that's willing to listen mm. concerning the power of this Christ. There is power in the name, whether you call him Yahweh, Yeshua, Hamashiach, whether we understand the text, you know, of, you know, not having a J in our linguistic you know, language languages back then. and all those kind of things. Which is a very big thing for people that don't want to go to church. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so once again, you know, I think God is smart enough and intelligent enough to know his name in any language since he created them all. Right. right. And God is not the type of God that's going to allow his will to save mankind to be so diluted and perverted that it would hinder anyone from listening to us right now to be confused about who he is and what his will is for their life. But we have a responsibility as, you know, human beings, not to be human doings, mm. but to become human beings. We have to come into being. And I've learned that it takes the Spirit of God to do that. We must be born of the Spirit to come into full being. And it's not until a person has that, had that encounter and that spiritual awakening, and some faiths call it enlightenment, you know, then you get on that quest and that search, you know, and you shouldn't let anything stop you. Right. I pray no one on this, you know, broadcast allows any of their current circumstances to stop them from pursuing the will of God for their life. Right. And you know... One thing that is very deep for any listeners that's listening that wants to know more about God is know that these places in the Bible are not fictional. You know, these are real places. You know, these are you could go there today. You know, it's crazy that we could believe in Wakanda, which would be so dope if it was real. I'm not gonna lie, if Wakanda was real, I'll be trying to get my citizenship of Wakanda. But you see that the text is based in real places. It's not La La Land. It's not Heaven Land or, mm -hmm. or Jesusnopolis or whatever. This is real countries, real people still live there to this day. Mm -hmm. And to know that Jesus walked that, that, that area, Moses walked that area, mm -hmm. should show you that there's, 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 um, there's, I guess you could say you could say it's just, it's valid. Mm -hmm. Well, I've had I was a, about to say, speaking of that, you speak on your experience. Yeah, I've had a couple of occasions to visit, you know, what we call the Holy Land. Um, the first time, it it kind of uh, saddened my heart because of the commercialism, you know, and how they try to monopolize on this Jesus, and uh, he's been everywhere. Jesus over here. Jesus over here. Jesus. And then when it comes to the faiths, the Catholics say that the things that he did is in one spot. And then those that are Protestants say that they happened in another location. And so based on what your upbringings are, you're taking to different locations for the same events that mm. are supposed to have been happening in historical times. Right. And that's why if you don't read your Bible, then you won't know these things. You're just taking what your religion teaches you as opposed to understanding actual facts of human history. And those are powerful things that, you know, once again, we've got to understand. We've got to understand that, like you said, it's a literal place, and it did so much for me connecting my faith 
you know, with a place, it's like a name with a face. Right. That when you hear a voice and all of a sudden you see that, our perception, you know, might be a little different than what that person actually looks like. Right. And it's the same way. Your perception of God and these stories are different, but when you get there and actually see it, mm. you can actually see how some of these things actually and transpired and how they, you know, came into manifestation. One of the main ones was um, the whole um, thing that happened in Acts, the infilling of the Holy Ghost and the baptizing 3,000 souls. Um, we've been taught, you know, Western civilized that they were filled with the Holy Ghost in an upper room, you know, and um, I, I, I didn't really understand it until I went there. And then uh, in the course of, you know, being shown the temple and the temple mount and the places and the story about how people come to the temple and the purposes of ceremonial washings and things like that, I started thinking, you know, I've got running water in my home, have a wonderful home, and if I had people in my house right now, the challenge to try to baptize 3,000 people in my home with running water would be somewhat of a challenge. Right. In an upper room, if that's where they were, to baptize people would be a challenge. If people in an upper room speaking in tongues, how would the multitudes know what's going on in that upper room? Mm -hmm. So how is it noised abroad? And so going there and hearing, you know, that on the day of Pentecost, being but the third hour of the day, where should any good religious Jew be? They should be at the temple at the hour of prayer. And that's why the text says in the second chapter, they were all with one place in one accord. Not that they were in the upper room like it says in the first chapter. Mm -hmm. Then it talks about the whole perception of how people heard them and people were able to come and gather and hear them speaking in their own languages, Parthian, you know, from Libya, Medes, Mesopotamia. Then it says that he began to preach a message to them and when they heard that they were pricked in their hearts and he told them to repent and be baptized and they baptized 3,000 people. And then it says right there. Well, at that temple there was called mikvahs. People are coming to the temple to worship. You can't go in unless you wash. Mm. It's a ceremonial washing mm. that an individual must go through in order even to enter in here. So the whole process of being able to minister, preach, the ceremonial washing, baptize people, add 3,000 souls to the church is real simple when you understand culture. And their, and their and, customs. And the customs. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be in the upper room at 9 o'clock in the morning at the day of Pentecost. They're going to be at the temple worshiping. Right. So just understanding the very dynamics of what you're talking about. Wow. You know, but from a you know, Western philosophical standpoint, every church in America will teach you they were in the upper room. Well, you know, that's just kind of like what we've always learned in, in church. People pick and choose, and they interpret one piece, but they won't talk about the first part. <laughs> and they won't talk about that second part. It's called context. <laughs> they take things out of the original environment. It's called context. Yeah. Absolutely right. So, you know, that's just something where, you know, one thing that was interesting to me, knowing more about Paul. You know, one thing I didn't know, which you could watch on History Channel about uh, the Romans. Nero had it out for Paul. Mm -hmm. And he burnt half of Rome. 
and blamed it on Paul. And that's why he was in jail. See, you go to church all your life, you might just think he just got picked up to go to jail. And no, there was a whole scheme to kind of say, you know, the Christians were rising up and being so radical. And a lot of people don't realize that scripture that we talk about at on every, you know, marriage and wedding about love is sweet, love is kind. Wasn't a, it wasn't a wedding, y'all. It was the Christians were coming to break Paul out. And Paul had to break it down. What What is love? I've been preaching to you about love this whole time. What is love? Because what y'all about to do, that ain't love. So it, it, to, to know the pre like the context. whole whole context mm-hmm. and see what's happening, it opens your eyes up to know more. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always tell people, you have to know what's happening at that time yes. for you to fully understand, despite if you like history or not, to know the word and it's full breakdown. Mm-hmm. You got to know what's happening mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. that time to know about the, the, Frankenst- the, the oils, the expensive oil right. that came from the alabaster box that we talk about all the time that she put on Jesus's feet mm-hmm. to know how expensive at that time that was A to show how years wages man and to show how much respect she was showing Jesus why everybody else on the table didn't even offer him anything. <laughs> right. Well, you're absolutely right. It's called historicity. And it's and it just it doesn't just deal with the uh, the the place and the time. It deals with even the languages that was used, because when they say certain things, it has different meanings. We you know and just in our culture, you know, there's words that change, you know, over the time of years. Yep. You know, if we say that's dope, you know, back totally in the seventies, it was like that's heroin. Right. You know, I, had, I had an like, older person look at me cool. real weird because that's my yeah. favorite word. I'm like, man, that's dope. Right. It's like, what? Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So just the whole linguistics of understanding etymology and what words mean back then. Back then, it's very, very important to understanding, you know, how we get a good understanding of it. Right. Well, you know, my pastor, I remember him saying, um, like, the word punk. You know, somebody call you a punk. You, 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 you like, what? What'd you say? But he was like, do you know that word before it turned into what it is, was a wet piece of plywood. So it's like, why are you getting offended by, you know, because a lot of people don't read the dictionary, what mm-hmm. these words meant. Man. We read Urban Dictionary and Google, <laughs> but we don't read what Webster and the rest of them say about what these words were. Right. Because, you know, it was so funny when I was a kid, when people would say gay, you would hear songs that say ha- gay, mm-hmm. but it right. meant happy. happy. Right. Yeah. And we change the words. So if you know words like that has changed, obviously reading the Bible and putting it in the context of today's mm-hmm. language, you, you're going to miss some things. Yeah. yeah, absolutely right. So where can everybody find your book, Bishop? Well, go ahead, Chris. You can find his book at Amazon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Amazon as well as you can call the church office. Um, and... I think the number is 702386 RAM. 7266. 7266. Yeah. What's the address of the church? The RAM address. Well, let me give the full name. It's Reconciliation Apostolic Ministries. You can find us at 911 G Street in Las Vegas. Service starts at 10 a.m. Bible study at 630. Please come out because you get
you know, servicemen and all those first responders and those families that are grieving in this memorial, you know, that's what our church is supposed to be. It's 9-11. It's a place where somebody can come and, and find, you know, re reconciliation to God, restoration for their soul, revival for their soul, and help for their everyday situations. We preach a gospel that's relevant, that's uh, practical, that a person can apply to their life. Um, some would dare to say we are pragmatic, you know, in how we teach because to learn things, you know, and not know how to use it in the day-to-day -day basis, you know, it's just a lot of head knowledge. Right. It's a lot of good information, as you stated earlier. But if the information ain't making no transformation, mm. then it's a waste, you know, of space in our mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys heard it, everybody. Man. If you got blessed today, you definitely go. Y'all got cash app for y'all church? We do. Let me find out. But if not, yes. you can go to Give the Five. And give a give, Five. And um, you just find Ram on Give a Five and do that. And then let me find his cash app. Give me one second. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely led to just say if, if if you were blessed, bless Bishop's ministry because. Please do. Um, Bishop is the same way that you see him right now in church and outside church and that's hard to find someone that's genuine and that's Thank so you, true Thank that's you. so true so i want you to really look at that and see and because you know you see bishop was transparent bishop broke down to show you that he learned the word just like you can mm -hmm. but the main thing that i want you to take away from this is that being genuine and the same mm -hmm. like it says in the season well, Pastor, you know, what I, what I try to do is I try to be the type of minister that I know I would have needed Man, say, to get saved. Come on now. You couldn't just talk to me and tell me anything. Nope. I wasn't just going to take you at your word. Given that fact, we're living in a generation now where everything I say can be Googled while mm -hmm. I'm saying it. Right. So I have to know truth, and it can't be my opinion. Say it. It has to be factual. And just based on that, knowing that you can look up what I'm saying and then telling people the truth, that's when they look it up and find out, yeah, he told me the truth. Then it can be respected. It can be, uh, I can be uh, someone that can be trusted. Right. And that's what I want to be. In the last day, if, if, if I want to be uh, known for something, I want to be known for a person that told the truth. Amen. You know, I told you the truth, you know, whether it hurt your feelings you know, you'll um, be back because <laughs> because the Bible says and Jesus says it's only the truth that makes us free. Mm. It don't set me free. It makes me free, you know. And so if I can just share truth with anyone to let them know, don't be discouraged. You know, if you feel like your life is being interrupted, I want to share just four words. Um, one of one of the words for interruption is disturbance. And when something is disturbed, the, the etymology of that is uh, disturbing the balance, throwing the natural balance of something off. So if somebody listening is going through something and it seems like their life is out of balance and, and things, don't, don't worry. It's okay. You know, it's just God allowing an interruption to happen to get you moving in the right direction. When that happens, another word for interruption is frustration. When there's a frustration that comes, the word frustration means to, 
you know, upset and disappoint, you know, an individual from being able to progress. And emotional things cause us to be halted to where we can't progress. And the enemy would love to frustrate somebody right now to the point to where they're, they're just stopped. Right. Their whole life is interrupted. I pray that these words will cause you to rethink what it is that you're doing because a person's life can't be interrupted if they're not doing something. Right. right. And if you're moving in a certain direction, please know it's the enemy's job to try to frustrate you so you will not fulfill your purpose in God. And um, maybe I'll just use three. The last one is molest. I had no idea that molestation was a word or synonym for interruption. Mm. And molestation is to to violently, um, maybe I shouldn't tell, maybe I should just leave that and tell them to get the book. Get the book. So get the book. Find get the out book. what it says, you know, in the book. Get the, if you want to know the rest of that. Get the book. Know, get the book. You know, once again, it's on Amazon. And, and once again, if you have our uh, 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 contact, the, the church number is 702-386-7266. We can mail you a copy, you know, of what it is. And, and you'll find out what that, you know, definition and what it is that that interruption causes by way of molestation. Amen. Amen. And go follow them on social media at, I believe, Ram LV. You have um, Ram Ministries LV on Facebook and Ram Ministries LV on Instagram. Amen. So I want to first of all say thank you, Bishop, for thank coming you. on to this platform, taking some time out of your busy schedule because I know you have a busy one because your phone been blowing up since right. you've been here. <laughs> Amen. So I just want to say thank you. If there's any type of thing, I've, I've already do, been doing it anyway, but if there's anything that you guys are having, definitely let us know. We'll definitely promote it because I believe letting other Christians know what everybody else is doing because we find our reason why I started Anointed Radio is because there's so many ministries doing the same thing, and if they would have just come together, they'll have a bigger outcome. They would have a bigger effect. They'll be able to reach more if they came together instead of trying to repeat the wheel. Yeah, well, let so, me speak peace over your life as well. Everything that you're trying to do, I pray God opens doors that you might be able to do it on a whole other level. I speak peace to your family, and I pray that God, you know, gives you every resource necessary to carry out his great commission to the world. Amen. And I say that in Jesus' name. So. Amen. Amen. I thank you, Bishop. Bless you. So we definitely thank you, but it's about that time, so I guess what? Cletus! <laughs> Come on, Cletus. <laughs> you better play that, son. Play, son. Let him use you. Amen. So I just wanted to, I definitely wanted to um, say this. If you are looking for a truth, don't look Any to further? a person. Look Let's to God. Look to God. Just, I, I was reading the scripture when it says you have to fixate your eyes to God. You know, just like Peter did when he got out the boat. But don't take him off. Because when you take him off, a storm will come. Because mm -hmm. when you put your eyes back, he comes and saves you. Uh, I liked it that. I liked that when I, had, I heard that. I heard that. my Baptist side <laughs> came Baptist out. Run I almost start hooping. No, I didn't. My wife knows a personal thing about that, but that's a whole other story. So, to be free, you have to find a person who can set you free. And that's Pastor Jake. Follow me on All Anointed Radio. Same platforms, and you have to plug in. And um, you can find me 
at Anointed Jaylon Instagram, Twitter, Pastor Jaylon on Facebook, and go download Jesus You Make Me Happy on all media platforms. Well, again, I'm Chris Johnston. Um, I don't have much to say. Again, um, first of all, this is my pastor, so I get to hear this all the time. So, Bless you, a wealth son. of wisdom. So, I love, I'm grateful that he's here. And again, if you want, if you're looking for a church home that teaches truth, the real truth of the Bible and of God, come by Ram. I promise you, you won't be sorry. And then number two, you can follow me on all social media, St. Chris J, Go get my single yep. called Chasing After You, which is everywhere, also uh, media outlets. So make sure you go get that. And I got to be the mouthpiece for Dr. Marvin Netta Clay. Oh, yeah, we can't, we can't forget Dr. No, we Marvin can't. Netta. Um, go download Worship Forever, her new single, and go follow her on Clay Marvinetta. And I want Bishop to be able to say the last words before we go out. Sure. Well, I just want to pray. Is that all right? Oh, that works. I just want to pray for those that might be listening, that might be struggling in any area of your life. As I stated earlier, if he delivered me from, I didn't even talk about cocaine use, mm. but if he can deliver me, I've been over 33 years free from, you know, using that substance. I'm just grateful to God that he's real. Amen. And he saved me for real, filled me with his spirit, and gave me a desire to serve him by serving and loving his people. And for that, I'm grateful. And I just want to pray for somebody else that might be in that valley of decision, that might be struggling in any area of your life. Come on, let's believe God. Father, we call you holy. We call you righteous. We call you almighty. You are from everlasting to everlasting. And for that, we truly acknowledge you and say thank you. You told us in your word and all of our ways to acknowledge you and you would direct our path. And Father, I'm praying for somebody right now in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of their tears, acknowledging you right now, asking that you would direct them into your love, that you would direct them into your peace, that you would direct them into your grace, that they might find you the Savior. Give them peace now. Give them strength and give them direction that they might know that greater is you that can be in them than any circumstance that they're dealing with in the world. I praise you now in advance for their salvation, their peace, their joy, their righteousness, and most of all, their success because you came to give us life and life more abundantly right here. And we bless you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 See y'all later.